In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. To change the course of your life, to go where you want to go, to fly, baby, fly. <laughs> Welcome to Girlfriendit, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today we are soaring with some pretty remarkable guests. Yes, our guests this day are our friend William Paul Young, the author of The Shack, and Monica McGrew from Moms for Family TV. Well, before we get too far into the show, today we are talking about spreading your wings and flying in life, whatever that looks like to you. And I think every person, Patty, has goals in life that they really want to achieve, but so many times... We just don't know where to start to start working on those goals because they seem overwhelming and daunting. Well, yes, they do seem overwhelming. And sometimes you just want someone to go, okay, this is what you need to do today. Break it down for Break me. Break it down. Break it and down, baby. Sometimes that's a temperament thing. I know this weekend we just spoke at the um, Arizona State Retreat, and which was freezing cold. We had snow, and we actually got stuck there for a short time. It was 17 degrees with, like, 10 inches of snow for us little desert rats. Yes. That was pretty cold. And, I, and you didn't even take a jacket, <laughs> as I recall. I did forget my jacket. But having your back, I called you to make sure I told you it was snowing, and don't forget your jacket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a temperament thing. I can, I can boss you around, but it's okay if I forget mine and freeze. But... You know, the temperaments, it's so interesting because you and I, we use those temperaments in talking to each other all the time yeah. because we have, and for those of you who don't understand the temperament, the personality profile, you can go to our site at girlfriendit.com and you can take your personality test and, and find out. And we have out. a kind of customized toward co- coffee, caffeine drinks, because we love coffee and the coffee experience, so we have it broken down into, you know, espresso, latte, mocha, and chai. Well, we love coffee, but we you're do. obsessed with coffee, so let's just clarify <laughs> that. There's love and there's obsession. It's about the experience of having that cup of coffee in your hand and talking to a friend. <laughs> well, in my my temperament, I have espresso, quite a bit of espresso, and for strong, very, yeah, yeah strong. Uh-huh. But but you tame me, uh-huh. and it helps me to um, know what I'm going to achieve throughout the day. So to write goals, even what I'm going to do for that day really helps because at the end of the day, I love it because you know how important that is, and you will say, did you get all your results needed? Was this a day <laughs> worth getting up for for you yeah. this day? You asked me, was this a day worth getting up for to make sure that I'm a happy camper in, in having results. Well, when you're talking about these goals, like you said, being a temperament thing, because sometimes for some of us, 
we don't really know what the destination, like where we're flying to, because it is more about the journey than and the destination. And you definitely love the journey. And I, I love, love that the about, journey. Yeah. yeah, and you're more about the destination. It's like I want to make sure I get there, and I don't want to take a scenic route, where I'm so fine to take a scenic route and get off course a little bit. Well, it, it, a perfect example of that was this weekend. You were totally fine going to a coffee shop because we thought the freeways were still closed. And I'm over here wanting, I'm calling everyone to see if the freeway's open. That drives me crazy. It's like, let's get to the destination. And you're over here, let's go to the coffee shop. <laughs> let's go eat over here. We literally walk into a coffee shop. And you go, we can bring our computers in here. And I didn't punch you, but I could have probably. You were cringing. So, and I realized that. So I said, you know what? We can go somewhere else. Because I was reading the vibes of your, your personality. Your espresso was brewing at that point. I would never, ever, ever feel those feelings for you. Always make me laugh. But sometimes you can't even move forward because you're carrying too much baggage that you can't even get on the plane, basically. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're stuck in this place of woundedness. And uh, you don't know how to how to how to bag the baggage. You know exactly. how to ditch it. Yeah, because because you know so many times we carry stuff and we we wonder why we can't move forward, why we can't fly, and sometimes we have to take a, like a personal assessment and go, what am I holding on to? that's holding me back that I need to release and let go of. And sometimes it can be like negative relationships, mm-hmm. um, negative emotions things from the past, the woundedness. And um, I know this weekend we were talking to women. There's just so many women. Um, it's just kind of a common theme that there's a lot of brokenness and woundedness. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to learn how to, how to deal with that in a healthy way to release it and to be able to move forward and go, that doesn't define who we are. And it's okay to eliminate. I know so many times when we're talking with women, it seems like there's a lot of um, family baggage and they think because it's blood, I cannot eliminate them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to give people permission to go, it's okay, you can snip, snip. You can ask for forgiveness and still have that relationship be cleansed, basically. But you, it doesn't mean you have to continue this relationship with them. Right. Just because you're forgiving doesn't mean you have to forget. Exactly. And we're talking about soaring today, and I know a couple of words, because we like quirky words to kind of frame our thoughts. And so we've kind of come up with, like, girlfriend log And that basically is how do we embrace effective communication and, and in our conversations. And that is not that's like our words. That's even our body language. How do we effectively communicate with each other and, and to really help each other have each other's back and go forward? And I know our words are really powerful. Words are so powerful. And, and I'm starting to laugh because I don't know if we've shared this story, but it cracks me up whenever I hear you say words are powerful. Because one time we were flying um, on the, the airline that I happen to have worked for for 13 years, so I know quite a few of the flight attendants. Yes, you do. You, you are greeting us like old home week sometimes when we get on a plane. I know. It's like a, it's like a little family reunion when we fly. And one of the gals came up, and she started just chatting away with us, and um, somehow there was some connection there where you realized she had the same circle of friends, and so she asked us, do you know, and I, I'm going to just make up the name right now, do you know Jane Doe? And you immediately jumped on that and said, oh, yes, Jane Doe is dead. <laughs> well, I don't think I said it that, but I said Jane Doe just died like two weeks ago. And I'm sitting on the aisle seat, and she's standing, 
And as I said, uh, yeah, Jane Doe just died two weeks ago because I just had heard that. And, I, I, you know, I wasn't sensitive, really, and that's not me. No, it's not you it at all. Because literally, I, I, that's the way I heard it. With oh, yeah, we know Jane Doe. Jane Doe is dead. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But when I said it and it came out of my mouth, I'm just sitting there, you know, naively and innocently, and the lady literally dropped to her knees in the aisle and was kneeling at my feet apparently, talking to me. Apparently, Jane Doe was like a second mother to her. Yes, and her. It, as it came out, <laughs> she had been estranged from Jane Doe for a couple years, had been wanting to thank her for the impact and the difference she made in her life during a crisis and in her son's life, and she'd been trying to seek her out. And now I just blurted out that Jane Doe is no longer, and so I just, I shattered her. Yeah, you did. And, and I realized that at the time, as it came out and she dropped to her knees, and I'm backtracking. But well, I have to say, I, yeah, no, what happened, what made it so funny is my expressive temperament came out, so I realized what was unfolding here. So I started asking her questions like that was going to erase the memory of what just took place, that this she's going to forget those words that just came out of your mouth. So I immediately get into espresso mode and start asking her about her son. And That's what's so funny. And you're you're like trying to divert the conversation. And I'm going, okay, it's not working. She's not even giving you eye contact. She keeps looking at me and asking me questions like about Jane. And I'm realizing I had just devastated this woman. So I'm trying to backtrack and go, I'm sure she just thought, you know, she knew how much you cared about her. I'm trying to console her and comfort her, and you're trying to divert her in a totally different direction. And um, so anyway, she just stood there for a while in silence. And she finally, when she had the blood that went back into her leg muscles, she was able to get back up and You're walk. making me feel horrible. I just want to know again. This is not a good story. And walk up into first class. And, you know, it's horrible because we know these things, we can laugh about them at the time because otherwise you do, you, you feel so strongly for people. But I know in my very, um, my gift of mercy towards you, I said, oh, great one, Lisa, you just shut down first class. And I sat there in horse staring, and so you're sitting next to me, and I said, okay, then you need to go up there and do something about it. And I go, did I really sh- I shut down first class? And right then, the little, the little bell goes off in the, in the airplane, and all of a sudden, this lady comes running down the aisle from the back, and I'm clueless because I don't understand what all the bell means and the people running, and you just said... She just went behind the curtain in first class, just being the lady in the back, the attendant in the back, to tell her there's a crisis. That lady came up, and now you have just mobilized, immobilized first class. There is now no one taking care of first class, which I felt horrible because I'm realizing just my words of Jane Doe died has now created this whole dilemma. And so I immediately go, Pat, Patty, you need to go up front and take care of this. She's your friend. And you, you were like, no, you know. So anyway, the power of words. The power of words. And, and it was fine. I did go up there um, as you just uh, pulled up a book and started reading because our whole I class. I tried to act like nothing happened. Our whole class of, of passengers was not being served because our flight attendant was up serving. And all eyes were on me when you <laughs> deserted me. So I was trying to divert it. So it is about effective communication. Yeah. <laughs> and we do have to watch what we say. Although um, I, I find great pleasure when it's you because it's usually me that can put my foot in my mouth. So um, you, bring, you get much delight when it's me. <laughs> that dialogue is so important, and we like to call it girlfriendalogue. And we also have another term we call girlfrienditude is our second G. And that is just your attitude towards yourself as well as your attitude 
towards others, that it really does matter. Well, and I think and even trying to spread your wings and fly, it is all about your attitude, how you see yourself. Do you believe that you can accomplish things? Um, I like, there's so many quotes on this, but one is, if you don't know where you are going, you will probably end up somewhere else. And, and there's so many great quotes because it is about our attitude. Do we really believe we can go beyond that? We're not defined by our past and some of this baggage, but truly moving forward to achieve these goals and, and being bold enough to write down some goals. So we always want to encourage women and people listening today, if you're, you know, maybe you don't have a goal yet. I know you had a bucket list. Yes. Well, my mom called it a dream list uh, back in high school. She had us uh, write those things down. And, and pretty much I've, I've done like 80% of, of the things that were on my dream list. So you really do have to write those things. It really matters. Stay with us. We're going to take a break and be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. The Way of the Talker with host Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy diapers and piles of laundry, and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters in diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton, Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka, Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, this morning we are talking about having wings to fly in life and setting goals. And maybe sometimes that means like letting go of some baggage and stuff. Well, our next guest, we are so honored and so excited to have with us William Paul Young, who is the author of The Shack, which is just was a little book that, you know, didn't do too well. Only about 14 million copies in print and uh, spent 49 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. But other than that, it's just this small it's just a little book <laughs> that just didn't have much impact. It caused quite the, the stir and quite the conversation, and it literally has changed people's lives and um, introduced people to, to God. And it's been amazing. And so, Paul, you have had an amazing journey. We want to welcome you to Girlfriend at Radio and tell you we so appreciate you joining us because we know you literally travel the world and you just got back from Kiev, if that's how you say it. And uh, we want to welcome you to the show. Well, I'm glad to be back. And, yes, it, uh, Kiev, Ukraine used to be uh, Russia at one time. But uh, ah, with okay. the breakup, it is now the Ukraine. That is close to Budapest, correct? Uh, fairly close, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember I, I went to Budapest when I was in the airline industry, you know, so I was only there for like a weekend. And I remember hearing that for the first time because it's not a name that you, you hear that often. But well, how long you were had, you there? Have you had chicken Kiev? It's, uh, that's where it came from. So um, ah. I, I actually had chicken Kiev in Kiev. Which... That, so I, was it really good? I mean, was it like authentic? Yeah, well, it tasted just like they make it here. So I <laughs> That's authentic then, if it came straight from the States. <laughs> I don't know which came first, you know, so. But it was good. I had a great trip and uh, just got back a couple days ago. It's like 10-hour time difference, so it's a little bit of a jet lag. Well, yes. We, well, we appreciate you joining us. Cause with, like, sleep-deprived, we know what that's like. And um, it takes a little while to readjust back into life, so we're... We're glad you're readjusting with us this morning. And we know we've had you on the show before, and uh, we know you've talked about the why about the shack, but we never tire of hearing your, your heartbeat and your story. So for those few people that maybe not have been privy to hearing your story, can you just kind of give a, a recap a little bit about the background of the shack and what inspired that? Uh, sure. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was trying to do like the Bible says and submit to my wife and, uh, um, that's a, that's a joke, but it's not actually because <laughs> it does say submit to one another, and I'm one of the other, and I'm one of the others, and she's one of the others. So, yeah, <laughs> um, Kim, my wife, is the one who um, started the conversation in terms of the actual creation of what turned out to be the shack, and all she had asked me to do was write something for our children for Christmas, and uh, and for about four years she'd been asking me to do that, but I hadn't felt ready in. Until 2005, and then um, you know, I was I was working three jobs, and I didn't start out to write a book, and I've never published anything. So you have to understand how naive I was about everything, and and uh, my goal was just to get something done for our six children, and and they're not little; they're like my youngest is 17, and my oldest is 30, and uh, um, trying to get it done by Christmas. Got it done. Oh, I got this great story for you, right, uh, that ties right in here. And it's just one of those wild, crazy stories that you just don't expect um, and uh, just shows how there's a good a, a good God who's involved in the details of our lives. Um, so there's this German documentary team in town right now, and they're shooting a documentary on the shack for a German DVD that's going to go with the book in Germany. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. So, Real cool. Um, 
Um, I, Kim and I and uh, Lexi, one of my daughters, we had done this trip through Germany, Switzerland, Serbia, Austria, and uh, the, U- the UK last fall, September. And um, so they had a you know a film crew, not crew, two people that uh, tagged along with us and took film. Well, they wanted to come to Oregon, which they are here right now, and uh, I'm in the middle of, of doing those shoots. Um, but they didn't know any videographers or anything, and I had a friend named Joe, and so I connected him with Joe, and Joe had projects. He couldn't do this one, so he sent them to a guy named Bill who hired a videographer or actually has a videographer on staff. So um, the house that we lived in, which was um, in uh, Gresham, Oregon, little tiny house, about 900 square feet of usable space, and and uh, we had moved there in '04, and that's where the book got finished um, in in preparation for actual publication. Because you know, I only had made 15 copies prior to then at at um, Office Depot, but uh, and that was my whole vision. But um, anyway, we're we're at this house in Gresham, and um, the videographer from here in Oregon uh, comes up to me and he says, um. um do you remember back in around 2005 when you lived here that you had absolutely no money for Christmas and somebody slipped an envelope with some cash in it under your door? And I said, yes. And he said, that was me. Oh, my goodness. He said, we have a mutual friend named Scott. And that Christmas, I had been asking, you know, I just felt in my heart and, and uh, asking God, what can I do for someone? And I just felt like I wanted to give somebody who had nothing some um, cash for Christmas. And uh, so I asked Scott, well, Scott, uh, he, like Lexi, who is now 19, she, we have known Scott since she was in first grade because his twin daughters were in Lexi's class. Well, he knew our situation, so he just gave this guy, his friend, the address, and the guy showed up in the night and dropped off this money, and we never knew where it came from. Mm. So I've been saying, well, you know, um, in 2005, I wanted to print this little story for my kids, um, but we didn't have any money. But then we got some money for Christmas, and I went down to Office Depot and made the first 15 copies. Well, that's the money. Yeah. Wow. I know. And here this whole thing with the Germans and and uh, and setting up this uh, video shoot ends up with the videographer who actually, because of a mutual friend, gave us some money for Christmas that ended up in me being able to print the first 15 copies. Is that crazy or what? That, that is crazy. Everybody needs a Joe and a Bill and a Scott in their life. I know. I know, and uh, you know, and we found that out yesterday. We didn't know. He said, "You know, I wasn't even sure until we showed up for the shoot." And then I went, "This is the house. This is it." Wow, that's so, you know, is when God shows you these things. You know, months, years. Sometimes we'll never know on this side of heaven. But that's what's so neat is when you are able to make that discovery and see how God works, all in His timing. And it just makes you shake your head and laugh at God's sense of humor, but also his tender grace. Oh, yes. And you've seen that so much in your life, even the past few years. I mean, when you say 2005, you had nothing, and we're just, we're not even 
in that far into 2011. That has not been that long ago, and your life has taken an unbelievable change of course. Yeah. Five years. I thought I was going to be shipping out soldering tips and cleaning toilets the rest of my life. I mean, it was my main job, you know, three and a half years ago. So, um, yeah, it's it's changed in terms of the externals, in terms of the travel and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, one thing I'm very grateful for is that nothing that truly matters to me um, was not in place before I wrote this story. And it's not that I could have written it before anyway, but um, but the story is really born out of, you know, 11 years' worth of reconstruction. Uh, you know, I use the metaphor for the shack, and we've talked about that in terms of the heart and the soul of a human being. It's the house on the inside that people help us build. And and um, my great sadness is, you know, goes back to my childhood. So um, it's out of that pain in the process of coming to healing. Mackenzie, the main character's weekend, is uh, an 11-year period for me. And, um, and so that was done. Um, not that there isn't a lot of finished work in the shack, there always is, but but the major reconstruction pieces are done and uh, and we're in place. So when I look at the story and I, you know, I made 15 copies, that was my, that was all I wanted. And the book did everything that I wanted it to do with those 15 copies. And um, everything that has happened since then, the, the healing that has brought to so many families and, and people who have great sadness and people who have been hurt by religion or have no experience with Jesus and and um, the healing that it's brought uh, and uh, and the controversy, which is part of the healing as far as I'm concerned, because it gets people involved in the conversation that helps them break out of religious conditioning and paradigms and and all of that. You know, I've, I've been able to just participate. You know, like I tell people who ask me what I do now, I just tell them, you know, I get to hang around burning bushes all day. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great analogy. That is, I mean, and how many people really get to say they get to do that? And then, and you know, I love the part because I know there was so much controversy around the book. And what was amazing is people were um, very critical of it who had never read it. They were just hearing about it from other people. How do you handle, because uh, I think there's a lot, of, especially like for women, there's a lot of negative voices that are, um, you know, very critical in your life. How did you overcome or how did you work through just that, those negative, critical voices. Well, the power of negative and critical voices is uh, related to how uh, much you do not understand who you are. So if you don't know who you are, the power of voices uh, increases to that same degree. Does that make sense to you? Yes, if you don't know who you are. And I think that's a significant thing is knowing who you are. Well, exactly. And so my process of working through all of my garbage and my history and my failures and all of that, because I'm a very ordinary, I mean, this book is not the result of uh, living a wonderfully proper spiritual life. I've got huge failure in my history. And so, you know, it's, it's a statement of grace as well as a sense of humor of God. But, you know, those negative voices have power to the degree that I don't understand who I am, because then I'm susceptible to hearing the voice of someone else or something else or um, criticism. If, if, I am, if, if I am not comfortable in my own skin, I'm going to begin to take somebody else's word for why I shouldn't be. And, um, and those things have tremendous 
Okay, we have to stop you right there. We want to come back with that. We're taking a break. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. The Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod, Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central, on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking about having those wings to fly through life, and we're speaking with William Paul Young, author of The Shack. And you had just mentioned about those negative voices. And for women, we deal so much with inadequacies and listening to those, those negative voices. So can you repeat that, that last part from the last segment of, of discovering who you are, and that way you kind of have that paradigm shift when you hear those negative voices? Oh, absolutely. And, then, and basically the idea is, look, you, know, you are susceptible to those voices to the degree that you don't know who you are. And uh, those voices have huge power. And you'll end up sabotaging the very things that you love, especially the relationships that you care about, because if you don't know who you are and you're not comfortable inside your own skin, then anybody's lack of attention towards you or performance with regard to you or reciprocity when you do stuff for them, 
All of those things then become signals that what you really think about yourself is actually true, that I am not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not valuable enough, I can't contribute enough, I, I'm just, the, and, and everybody's made out to use me and, uh, uh, you know, abuse my uh, ability to give. All of those kinds of things have huge power in the life of, of all of us. But, you know, I can see that, in a, in a world where women aren't given much power to begin with, and uh, and that power is often taken away taken away by the men of the world, that that susceptibility is huge because women are healthier, frankly, than men, and because they're fundamentally more relational. And um, but it, then it, that means that they're also fundamentally more susceptible. And um, you know, even in even in the Genesis story, there is enmity that's not betw- not put between the man and and the enemy, but between the woman. And the the chief um, destructive power of the enemy is to tell you lies. And if there is enmity between the woman, that means she's not just more sensitive to the realities of the spiritual world, but she is also more susceptible to the lies about her identity. And I think that. Uh, that that's a that's a huge issue and and part of the journey that we're all on, but I in this context especially women, is to un- begin to understand who they are, and and the uniqueness of who they are, and if they're comfortable inside their own skin, then they don't have to suck the life out of the people around them in order to validate an imagination about who you, who they are. And that's why you really, and, and I like what you said because women are, are, we're wired to be a little bit more relational. So we really need each other to have each other's back and to encourage and support. And what happens is so many times with women, they'll tear each other down and get real competitive. And we just were speaking with um, a close girlfriend of ours on Monday who is doing remarkable things. I mean, she is just powerful, high capacity, and to hear her heart just sharing exactly what you just said, just listening to the enemy, how inadequate she is and how she she can't do this position and she just feels so overwhelmed. And, you know, if you don't have others coming along saying, okay, this is what you're doing really well and here's where your strengths are and you're amazing because we do have a tendency to not feel valuable and not see we look so closely at our weaknesses rather than our strengths. And, and I, I think what, one of the things you just said, there is a, there's a piece that's really good and there's a piece that's really dangerous. And that is when you come along someone, uh, side of someone and you are telling them about how their performance makes them valuable, that's dangerous. And, and even though you know, that's, we, we're kind of trained to build each other up based on our ability to perform, or, or look, you do this well, you do this well. That's, that's only the surface stuff. What you've got to find is who you are that is valuable, not what you do that is valuable. Because if you put your identity into anything that can be taken away from you, it's just a matter of time. And you're building it on something that is all you have to do is have somebody make a negative comment or you have a failure in terms of your performance, and it all the whole house of cards is going to go up in smoke. So you've got to go to some place that's deeper than defining yourself as your ability to perform as a mother, as a friend, as a coworker, as a uh, powerful performer, uh, you know, whatever. There's got to be something that, that underlies that or else when the performance 
fails or doesn't happen, you're shattered. You know what? You are saying such powerful stuff because I think so many times as women we are defined by our failures. Or we allow um, the rejection to define us, and then we feel paralyzed to move forward. And I think so many women, when they're in that state, they don't even know their value or how to find their value because they're so paralyzed. What would you say to uh, – we're just talking women here – um, how do they find their true value, who they really are – outside of their roles, outside of the rejection, outside of the ruts they find themselves in in life, how do they find their true value? This is where a relationship with God becomes the bedrock and uh, because you're not going to find it from just trying to draw it out of the relationships around me, around you and around myself. So, uh, I mean, let me kind of give you a, a snapshot of the difference between how, how women are susceptible to this versus how men are susceptible in general kinds of terms. Okay. In Genesis, when the woman turns away from God, and the, and the uh, old English uh, King James says, your desire will be for your husband and he'll rule over you. Well, the word desire is not an emotional word. It's got nothing to do with, you know, turning your affection. It, has, it, it means to actually turn. Your turning will be from your relationship with God to a man. And now what you're going to do is you're going to try to find in him Identity, worth, value, significance, security, and meaning. You're going to say, I know that I could only get these things from God, but now I feel in my own heart a sense of separation or distance, and I turn to a human being and say, you need to give me these things. And at least he turns to a relationship. The man, he turns to the ground and to the works of his hands, and he says, for the ground and the works of his hands, you need to give me identity, worth, value, significance, security, and meaning. So the man is susceptible for, uh, to those lies about identity uh, in terms of his ability to work, the works of his hands, the property he has, the territory he possesses, and the woman looks to relationship to find those things. The call of the gospel is return because the man cannot provide those things for the woman. And when she places those expectations to provide those things, what do men do? They either fight, they take power, or they run away. And they'll even die sooner just to get out from underneath the expectation. And, uh, and, and the return has got to do with the fact that you find your identity, your worth, your significance, your meaning, your security in this relationship that you have with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit where they tell you the truth. The truth, not about your performance, the truth about who you are, the value of who you are. As an individual, unique creation, we have so little respect for the creation, especially for ourselves. We will find a way to see the value in other people way before we'll see the value um, that God has placed in us. And so that's where this bedrock of identity has got to be built not because you're seeing yourself through the voice of other people or through their response to you. Because if you do that, you're only as good as the latest response. But you're going to find it in this relationship that is with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, they tell you the truth. They say, you're the one that I love. You're the one that I left the 99 to go find. You are the reason why all this universe exists. This is because of you. You're what matters to me, and it's who you are, not your ability to perform. Because, frankly, there's a whole bunch of us that are so shattered in our histories mm-hmm. that we don't 
of it. We can't compete. We can't compare ourselves. We just can't do this. And if God doesn't join his life and heart to us, we have no hope. And so the building of identity has got to come from that relationship and not based on even religious, or especially not based on religious performance. Absolutely. You have impacted so much here to really, gosh, to, to dissect because I, women do really get that paralyzed from that from that sense of failure. And I think as women, we, we see ourselves so many as just another face in the crowd that God loves. We don't see like an individual that God loves me for who I am and that I have value. We're just another face in the crowd that, yes, God loves me, but he loves everybody else too. Well, and I know for me, I feel that if I'm not performing for God, then I'm lukewarm. So I do find my identity and how I'm making an impact on others for him. And I'm telling you that that's an absolute lie. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I'm telling you. So, you know, that's why in the book I, I didn't use, well, God loves you because of the very thing that you're, you're talking about. What I did is in Papa's mouth I, and in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but in Papa especially, God the Father, I put the language, you know, I'm especially fond of you. I'm especially fond of you. So when Andrew, my, who was 21 at the time, he's my son, he was at college, he, he calls me up on the phone because he's reading the book that I gave to him for Christmas, and he is bawling. I mean, he is just sobbing on the phone. And he says, Dad, you know that scene in chapter 15 where Jesus walks into a, a worship scene and, he's at, he's, and Mackenzie, the main character, is standing at a distance with the Holy Spirit, but they're watching Jesus walk into this scene full of people. Mm -hmm. They catch eyes, and Mackenzie hears Jesus say to him, Hey, Mac, I'm especially fond of you. Mm -hmm. And, And my son is bawling, and he's going, Dad, I heard him say that to me. Wow. Okay, so I'm up in northern Alberta at a women's prison. And when I'm done talking, one of the inmates, this large black African-American woman, comes and and collapses into my arms, and she's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And between her sobs, she gets out the words, Do you really think Papa's fond of me? Uh. And I just hugged her, and I said, Honey, he's a, he is especially fond of you. Mm. She says, That's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. Okay, we. this is a perfect wrap-up for a great show, and we just want to thank you, William Paul Young, author of The Shack. And I, I love that close, that he is so fond of you. He created you to be unique, and that is what it's all, all about. Stay tuned after this This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Join us for self-aid success stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on Togginet.com. 
Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Age Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on DougieNet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking about having those wings to soar through life and what it takes. And we've had some incredible, uh, well, we just finished talking to the author of The Shack, and he definitely has figured out how to soar through life. And now we are speaking with Monica McGrew, who represents Moms for Family TV, which aims at bringing families together through great TV. And instead of me going through and explaining it, Monica, I'm going to have you explain exactly what Moms for Family TV does. And welcome. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, Moms for Family TV was created. Um, we're a national group of moms who support, we support and encourage companies that are creating good quality entertainment options for families that families can enjoy together. And our group really focuses on getting the word out to people about what we are, our mission is to do, to create, to support these organizations, and to really tune into the good quality programming that's out there and spread the word about it. So we're really excited um, about our mission and, and what we're trying to do. Well, so, it, so you guys, um, just it was just a group of moms that decided to get together and go, okay, enough is enough. We're tired yeah, well, of... Yeah, it was... It was um, we work closely right now with the um, Walmart and Procter & Gamble program, Family Movie Night, 
And their group, um, along with some local people here in Cincinnati who started writing, the executive producer, Brian Wells, is from Cincinnati, was a pastor at a big church here, um, really decided that he as well wanted to see more family-friendly TV and began um, by writing some of these movies and getting the, as the executive producer, getting some of this stuff rolling. And so... What we have done is we have jumped on board as the moms um, and the voice to help promote family-friendly television and movies as well. Well, so, Monica, we're talking about how to have those goals and how do you take those first steps. How did you guys even know? When you say we, we teamed up, because we're all about collaboration, you teamed up with Procter & Gamble and you teamed up with Walmart. What were those first steps? Was this something they were already putting together? Yeah, they had already, um, this has been in the works for a while. I don't know if you know, it's a long, long of our story, but Procter & Gamble had been in um, this, this, the soap business, uh, soap opera business, I guess, and then they decided that, you know, um, it's important to them. They're, promi- they're committed to providing this to families, and they want the parents to tune in and watch these films with their kids. So our group um, was asked uh, to just try to, as Bob's word group, all of us have marketing experience. We all kind of knew each other. Uh, One um, of the girls lives in California. You know, we're all kind of all spread out. And we um, collaborated to use our marketing skills and use our brain power to try to put something together. And that's how we came up with the name Moms for Family TV and worked together to contact organizations to support um, our efforts and um, really applaud the efforts of Walmart and Procter & Gamble for, for doing these great things for us, for families everywhere. And that is really cool that, that companies are starting to recognize the need for family-friendly TV and, and shows. And I know that um, I was recently invited over to go see a screening for the Disney movie Tangled. Oh, and that was phenomenal. And they they had a group of of women come come uh, view that and just get input to help go out and spread the word. And they were saying how Disney is really trying to get back to the family, realizing yeah. that network and um, producing mm-hmm. films like Tangled, which was such a great show. Oh, I loved that. And that just so cute. But and um, it was just it's it's cool to see that. In some way, some of these companies, and, and even there's a movement like with what you guys for Moms for Family TV are doing to get back to those family-friendly nights of TV again where you're not ashamed to watch. Because so, what's amazing is you can, we can watch like a movie. I can see a movie or something and then and not really notice anything, you know, bad about it. But it's immediately when a, when a child walks in the room, you start noticing all the different language. Oh, yes. It totally is how you hear it, and you're like, wow, I had no idea there was that much, you know, bad language in that movie until I started hearing it in the presence of a child. Right, exactly. And a lot of the stuff is directed, has so much, even the animated stuff has adult humor in it that you're like, oh, I hope my kid doesn't really ask me what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it flies right over their head. So, you know, we're really looking to, to, to these, these programs that they're producing have, um, it's, it's teachable moments, um, family friendly commercials and stuff that your family can enjoy together. Um, and, and, and that is so hard too. Like you said, even the commercials. Yeah. You watch the Super Bowl, or you watch. Oh, any, I yeah. even finding that with um, American Idol. 
You're yeah. watching this as a family thing. It's the one thing we kind of ha- – I have three kids, and they're bleeping it out, but it's like, okay, here's this really cool guy that's able to beep every second, and you go, okay, that's so not appropriate, please. <laughs> I just want to send him a note and say, quit your bleeping this year. <laughs> yes, yes, because, you you know, you know your kids are taking that in going, oh, right. everybody laughed at that, everybody yeah. thinks that's funny, even though it's bleeping. Yes, exactly, exactly. And 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 one of the things, our, our our next movie that comes up, the next movie that Walmart and Procter & Gamble have produced is on this Saturday night on Fox, 8, 7 Central. It's called Truth Be Told, and it stars Candace Cameron Bure and David James Elliott. And it is really a great film. And what we really try to produce in these movies are universal truth themes. All of the movies have have a message, and this one is all about telling a little white lie and how that can spiral into something even bigger. And um, it, it gives great dialogue and opportunity for families to talk about, would you ever do this? I had the privilege of obviously previewing the movie, and my nine-year-old watched it with me, and his his uh, mind just kept turning. And, Mom, now I know why it's so important to just tell the truth. It's easier to come clean in the beginning. And I was like, yay, he got the message of the movie. I love that. I have a nine-year-old as well, and that is a, such a perfect timing for them to yes. understand yeah, those little white lies really do add up. So I love that. Now, Candace Cameron, that's Kurt Cameron's wife, yes. correct? Yes, his sister. His sister. Oh, his sister. They okay. used to play on um, Full House. House. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know, what's, what's cool about what you guys are doing, and even Procter & Gamble and what they're doing with these movies, is so many times the, the movies that were family-friendly, um, and I hate to say this, but they used to be a little cheesy. And yes. The qual- you could tell that the quality wasn't there, and so... To get the family values, you were sacrificing quality and, and you were, you know, getting a little cheesiness. And what, what is cool about what you guys are promoting and even with Procter & Gamble, you guys are producing quality shows with name, you know, with people that have names in them, you know. Like yes. And, and David, James Elliott, I mean, you're having stars in there. Um, and that's what's really cool because we're not, we're not having to take backseat to second-rate production. Right, and and Candace was great. I got to have um, some time to talk with her. She came to Cincinnati to Procter and Gamble to promote the film and signed autographs last week. And our group went down, and she's an amazing woman. And she really felt strongly when she read the script about doing this movie because she really believed in uh, she really believes in family family television and creating good quality entertainment. So it's great when the stars are even totally into she has kids you know that age range as well and it's pretty exciting for us that she's part of this and she's awesome in the show as well that is just really cool i know we were talking to a gal um nancy stafford who used to play on matlock as matlock's um daughter-in-law and she's a strong believer and in hollywood and she was just telling us how there are a lot of believers in hollywood and a lot of people that do want this family friendly you know tv and movies and how significant it is to make sure we're having a voice in that industry. Um, yeah. Promote that. So we, we love that you guys are really, you know, pulling your resources and pulling your, your uh, you know, your experience together to really do something that makes a difference for the family. And that's yeah. really cool to see. And um, have you... Um, have you gotten some good response just from community leaders and just other people? 
Yes, definitely. We have had great um, tune-in, and it, it continues to be, um, you know, our friends at different organizations are noticing and really want to help support, you know, different groups. Um, you know, we really want the kid groups, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, those kind of groups to jump on board and, and, and really believe that what we're doing is worth it. And, and the main thing is we need American families to tune in so that we can continue to do this and expand on this effort. And, you know, if we get good tune in and we get a lot of people to watch or DVR it even and watch it the next day, um, there will be more movies and, and they're going to stay on this mission. So that's what we're looking for. And we love that you guys. And can they, if they miss it this weekend, like you said, they can get the next day. It, it, can they find it somewhere on on the internet to be able to download, and listen to it another time? Or I know the the last one, a walk in your shoes. They yeah. had it at Walmart. And yes. Walmart is selling the DVDs, um, and, you know, there's there's a chance that they would rerun the movies at a later date. Right now they haven't repeated. This is the fifth, it's the one-year anniversary, the fifth movie installment of um, Family Movie Night. So um, they started last April, so there's... um, this is the one-year anniversary, so it's pretty exciting. That's and great. Five in one year. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully it will continue at a great pace. Uh, Monica, we only have a minute left. And first of all, a girlfriend thing, uh, where is your accent from? We It, it puts a smile on our face. Oh, that's so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm from, I was born and bred in the Midwest here. And where would that be? Where and I'm, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, yes. She suggested it. She said Cincinnati. She probably saw that somewhere, though. I don't she said something okay. about Cincinnati, so it's like, oh, <laughs> I just might be juiced. I deduce Cincinnati. Yes, yes. Well, okay, now people can find you guys, and can you give us your website? Our website is www.moms4familytv.com. We also okay. have a Facebook page, Moms for Family TV. Um, you can also go to Family Movie Night, um, which uh, has uh, all the trailers of the movies are on there. So check out the trailer. It's a great movie, truth be told, this Saturday night on Fox, 8, 7 Central. If you can't tune in, try to watch, tape it and watch it the next day. But it is really a great film that families will enjoy together. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for joining us and letting us know about the movie night. We hope you all have wings by and enjoy your day. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 